So there are a lot of things that I can't do. I have never been able to touch my toes. I'm completely unflexible, right? I'll give you guys a little preview right here, right? Like, this is as far as I go. Like, it's pretty bad. And for some reason, this makes all of the kids, especially the girls in our Sunday school program, so angry at me for some reason because I cannot touch my toes. They get so mad. They'll say things to me like, what are you, stupid? How can't you touch your toes? Like, that has something to do with me not being able to touch my toes, right? And they will just get so angry, and they're always doing, like, all these crazy stunts in our children's ministry. Um, Another thing that I can't do is eat weird foods. And I know some of you guys are really good about stuff like that, but that is something that I absolutely cannot do. One time I was at my in-laws, and they were having crawfish. Has anyone here ever had crawfish before? Who likes crawfish? All right, I'm about to insult you so bad. So we have a picture of a crawfish right up here. It is like the ugly cousin of a lobster, right? This thing is it's horrible, horrible looking. And there's just like a bucket of like 100 crawfish. It's so gross. And some of my family members were trying to talk me into eating this. And I was going to be bold and I was going to try it. But then they explained to me, what I had to do in order to eat this. And those of you guys who have had this before know what you're supposed to do when you eat a crawfish. You're supposed to crack it, and then you're supposed to pull off its intestines, which is full of intestine things, right? And then you put it in your mouth. Like, that is insane. Who would ever willingly eat a crawfish? And I was not about that. Literally, they had a pile of intestines on the side. Like, that is just so gross. I would never eat that. And that's just something I could never do. And I want to talk to you guys tonight about things in our lives that just feel like we can't ever face that or we can't ever do that because we all have a lot of different situations like that. Right now, I'm facing some things where I'm not sure what I should do. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to handle this or how this is going to unfold in my life. And I know some of you guys are facing some really similar things. For some of you guys, it's a broken relationship, maybe with a family member or a friend, and you just feel like that could never be healed because maybe there have been things that have said that you can never get back. Maybe there have been things done in that relationship that feel like you'll never be able to get past. And that can be something really scary. For others of you guys, there's a habit in your life that you have been trying to shake for a very long time. And you have tried everything. And you have told God, God, I will never do that again. I will never go back to that broken place. And sure enough, a day passes And you're right back in that same spot. For others of you guys, it's a pattern of thinking. It's a pattern of going back to some old ways of anxiety that you said you were done with. And I get that that can be a struggle. But when we choose to live in these patterns of thinking, it can be so damaging to our life. So some of you guys are trying to break through in a way that is really scary because it just feels like you always end up right back in that same pattern of thinking. For some of you guys, it's a sinful choice that you have made in your past. And it just feels like you will never be able to get rid of what you have done. You feel like it's become a part of you and follows you everywhere you go. And you feel so shameful. You just are trying to get past it, but you can't. And we all have this in common tonight, guys. We all have things that we are trying to shake, things that we are trying to get rid of in our lives. 
And it seems like no matter how hard we try sometimes, like we will never, ever be able to get past these things. It's really difficult when you feel like what's required of you is more than you can do. I know you guys are familiar with the phrase, try hard. When Fortnite was really big, um, I used to hear this phase, uh, phrase all the time. The guys would always say this when we were playing. They'd be like, oh my gosh, this person is such a try hard. That's someone who is actually good at something, but they're trying really hard to be good. Um, I would try really hard, but I would still be a heaping pile of trash, no matter how hard I tried. Like, I could never just get good enough at it. And that just feels like some of you. It's like no matter how hard you try, you'll never be able to get past these obstacles in your life. And honestly, if I was being truthful with you guys tonight, what if I told you that you probably won't be able to get past some of these things on your own? If you keep trying the same way that you are right now over and over, if you're just trying to will it and do it, there's only so much we can do as human beings. There's only so many obstacles that we can overcome. Sometimes things are just out of our control. And I know what you're thinking. I'm so glad I came to church tonight to hear that, Joey. That's such good news that I won't be able to get past these things. Well, if you listen to the scripture that we're about to talk through in just a couple of minutes, I promise you that there is some hope for you. But some of you just need to come to the end of yourself and realize that there is nothing else that you can do because you have been trying. And I really believe as I look out in this room tonight that a lot of you guys are trying to change things in your life. You want things to be different and you are just so overwhelmed because you don't know where God is in all of this. And it can really make you question the way that you view God when you're trying to overcome something and everything is staying completely the same. It can make you angry it can make you want to walk away from God because you are giving this all you've got. And there's hope for those of you guys that would say that that's where your heart is tonight. And I also know that there's some of you in here that could care less, that you are just living in your bad decisions. You don't care about the things that you are stuck in. It's just life for you and you've just kind of gotten used to it. I hope tonight you see that there is more for your life. If tonight is your first time in church, I want you to know that there is a God who can do amazing things in your life. Things don't have to stay the same. He could change everything. I know because he's done it for the people in this room and he's done it for me. And if you would put your trust in him, I promise you, maybe things could really change. But it's scary. And sometimes it takes more than just working really hard at it. Tonight we're going to be in John chapter 5, and I pray that these verses bring a lot of hope to us tonight. This is what it says. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now, guys, I am going to make a spiritual parallel to physical issues. And I know that a lot of you may have physical issues, but this also applies to any spiritual things that are going on in your heart and your life. And we hear that this is a pool that all these people who had all these issues would hang out at. 
Now, this is not a pool where people were sunbathing. Billy from Stranger Things was not the lifeguard there. Like, these were really messed up people. This was not a fun pool to hang out. People were really sick and hurting. And in their minds, they had bought into this idea that every once in a while, an angel would come by the pool and stir the water. And if you got into the water right after the angel stirred it, then you could be healed. And some even believed if you were the first one, then you could receive healing. But as you look at this, you see that these people had some major issues that would stop them from getting into the pool. We see that they were blind, they were lame, and they were paralyzed. If you were blind, at least maybe you could feel your way to try and get into the pool. But these people that were paralyzed had to rely on others to help them get into the water. They really didn't have much hope. And these people were physically paralyzed, but I believe that a lot of you are spiritually paralyzed tonight. You are just so stuck in the same old patterns. You can't move in your relationship with God at all. And I think Jesus wants to do something about that tonight. And he wants to show us that it is his love that could change these things, not just getting into a pool. And so oftentimes, these people would be taken advantage of. They would have some money on them because they'd be begging and some people would help them. But then others would try and come and calm them. And they would say, you know what, why don't you give me a little bit of money and when the angel comes and stirs the pool, then I'll help you get in. So these people would often be completely taken advantage of. And maybe some of you guys feel taken advantage of. Maybe someone promised you that if you did this, this, and this, that things could really be different in your life. I don't know what promises that you have heard before, but Jesus is the only one that can change your situation. You can try everything that this world has to offer, but it will not heal your wounds. It will not change your spiritual paralysis. Only God can. This is what it says in verse five. One who is there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there, and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. I think it's so interesting that they're right here that Jesus learned that this man was in this position. And I think that's interesting because Jesus is the wisdom of God. He, he knew probably everything that there was to already know about this man. And some scholars and philosophers debate that this was more of Jesus walking around throughout the pool asking people their stories, trying to see how long they had been there. And so they think he learned in that sense that the man was telling him, even though he already knew, but he was just kind of going around like, hey, how long have you been at this pool? And maybe he talked to someone that had been sitting there for two years and they kind of told him his story. And then he went over to someone else and he started talking to them and they found out that they had been sitting there for five years and that they had been blind. See, Jesus was looking for someone who is completely desperate. Someone who had lost all hope that anything could change in their life. Someone who just thought this was the way life was always going to be. Because he was looking for a platform to display his power so that everyone else at the pool would know who he really was. Because everyone probably knew this man. He had been there for 38 years. 
Because you know what I love about Jesus? He's, he's always looking for the one that everyone else says is too far gone. The one that is too messed up, whose story is too crazy. Jesus will always leave the 99 good to find the one. Because he is personal. And he wanted everyone else that was there that day to know that his power was greater than the greatest disease in that pool. That his love was about to change everything. And so he goes to this man and he learns his condition. We find out that it's been 38 years stuck in this paralysis. Because I want you to know that 38 years is a really long time. I just celebrated my 31st birthday, and that feels like a really long time that I've been on this earth. So this man has been paralyzed for even longer than that. And some of you have been stuck in your cycle for a really long time, and you've just gotten used to it. I want you to know that Jesus is speaking to someone tonight who has given up hope, who feels like life will always be this way because it's been that way for so long. And it's hard because I'm sure at one point you said things were going to be different and you really tried with everything you had. And every single time we try, it feels like a little part of us dies sometimes, right? We lose a little more hope even those of us that love God and want to be different, every single time we try and say things are going to be different, there's a part of us that shrinks back a little bit, that loses more and more hope that things could change. And I'm sure that this man had been trying for a very long time to be different. And Jesus finally recognizes him and comes over and begins to talk to him. He says this. He asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And so whenever the water would be stirred, everyone would rush into the pool. And so even if you were trying to get in, even if this man was had a way that he had mapped out to try and push himself in, even though he couldn't really use his legs, Someone else would just push him back and stop him. Have you ever been trying to change in your life and it just feels like there's some friends and some people who always pull you back into what you used to be? That would stop you from getting to where you need to be? See, this man knew what that was like too. And so he tells Jesus, Jesus, I, I'm trying. I, I really want to get into the pool, but every single time it's stirred, I can't get close enough. And the question that Jesus asks almost sounds like it's condescending, right? He says this, do you want to get well? And we look at that, and that's how a lot of us feel like God is towards us. Like he's just up in heaven mad at us. Like, don't you even want to change? Don't you want to be different? And that can be so difficult and stop us from really receiving breakthrough in our lives sometimes because our view of God is so absolutely messed up. How many of you guys know that tone is so important? That's why it's so hard to really know what people mean when they're texting sometimes. Sometimes you just need to call someone and say, hey, what do you really mean? Our senior pastor, Pastor Bravone, 
um, is pretty funny when he texts. Um, every once in a while, and he stopped this, so it's good because I called him out on it, but he would ask me to do something. He'd be like, hey, Joey, um, can you take out the garbage at the church? And I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And he would just send back some winky faces. And I'd be like, that's a completely inappropriate response to what you asked me to do. Like, your tone is very off right now, right? Like, old people don't understand how to use emojis. And it's so important that you know someone's real tone. And I don't think that's really what Jesus was getting after right here. I don't think he's saying this in a condescending way. I think he's asking the man, like, do you really, do you want this? I don't think he's like saying it in a way that's hateful or belittling the man. So many preachers have gotten this wrong. I, I, I've heard people talk about this story before and they would say if the man really wanted healing, he would have figured out a way to get into the pool after 38 years. But I don't think that's what's going on here at all. I know the heart of my Savior and I don't think that God would send his only son to save us and then try and taunt a man into healing right now. That is not the heart of God. And some of you see God that way tonight, and that is not true. He is not sitting up in heaven angry at you because you're not trying hard enough. In fact, he knows how hard you're trying. He sees it. And you know what? Sometimes God wants that in us, something in us that just keeps getting back up after every time we fall. Like, Like God knows what you're doing, but he also knows that you can't do this on your own. So I think this is more of a kind question than a condemning question. And the reason why we think that way is because our view of God is so messed up sometimes. And so he says this next. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Let's go back to that other question. Because now Jesus tells him, all right, if you really want this, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I think as soon as the man says, Jesus, I've been trying to get into the pool, he goes, I know you've been trying. And it's almost like the man says, Jesus, I have no one to help me get into the water. There is no one here that cares about me. And I think Jesus replies, now you do. And I think this man is just so broken from so many years of trying. And he says, Jesus, I can't do this. And Jesus goes, I know you can't, but I can. And he is about to do something so amazing for this man. In fact, we just read the next words are, get up, stand up and take your mat. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. And so the leaders were all upset about this. And as we look at this, it's easy to think that it was the man's obedience that led to the healing. Jesus tells him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And so we looked at it and go, yeah, his faith, right? His faith led to that because he heard the words of Jesus. He got up. Because I don't think that it was his obedience that led to the healing. I think it was his trust in what Jesus had said. Because trust needs to happen in your heart before obedience can take place. 
And so many of us feel like we need to follow the rules. We need to try and be obedient, and then we will get the breakthrough in our life. That's not how it works. It all starts with trust and surrender. Some of you guys have been trying for so long over and over, and God goes, I see you trying, but you can't do this. But I can. And we have to get to the place of surrender and going, God, I can't do this anymore. This is way too overwhelming. I need you to come and invade this situation because there is nothing that I can do about this anymore. It's not your obedience that led Jesus to the cross. It was his love. And his love will be the same thing that brings the breakthrough in your life. And we have to be okay with that. We're just surrendering what we can't control. Because we want to control everything. We want to be the ones that bring about the change. That will it and do it. We'll feel like we earned it then. But Jesus says there is nothing you can do. There was never any way that this man could get into the pool. He had to surrender to Jesus. And trust with what was too difficult. Religion says obey, obey, obey. Jesus says believe, have faith, trust in what seems impossible. Do you see the difference? And that's why the Pharisees couldn't get over this. They missed the miracle that's taking place right here in this moment because they were so concerned about not being allowed to heal on the Sabbath because they were so caught up in their traditions and keeping the law that they missed that this man is literally walking right now. And they're angry at Jesus. They hate him because of it. Yet someone is walking because of what he has just done. We see obedience. And they were so caught up in it. And obedience does have its place in our life. But it all needs to start with trust and faith. That's where real breakthrough happens, guys. And that's scary for us, right? We want the formula. We want the steps. We want to put check marks on a list. But that's not how God works. He just wants you to believe in what you can't see and watch what he will do when you truly surrender. So let me ask you this. Can you trust that God will do the things that you can't? It's scary. It's a scary place to be. But it is also a beautiful place when you finally come to the end of yourself and you say, God, have your way in the middle of all this because I just can't do it anymore. Can you trust even when it doesn't happen on your timeline? Man, that's probably the hardest part of all of this. We want it to happen right now. This man had been this way for 38 years, sitting by that pool, just wanting things to be different in his life. What happens when you have to wait? When the answer doesn't come right away? Can you still be faithful? Can you still trust? Can you still believe that eventually God will do the thing that you can't do? If that's you and you've just been waiting for a really long time, I want to encourage you to not lose heart tonight. God sees all of your attempts. He sees your brokenness. Sometimes he's waiting for us to surrender, to finally come to the end of ourselves and believe that he is really who he says he is, and that faith isn't in vain. But for others of you guys, he's working stuff in you. There's a purpose in the pause in your life. I promise you, there is a purpose behind it. He's not just causing you to wait for no reason. 
but he will do the thing in your life that you can't if you just believe and have faith. See, sometimes God wants to do stuff, but we're just not ready for it yet. We haven't learned the lesson that we have to. I, I really believe that Jesus would have loved to heal more people that day. And we actually see that Jesus goes to his hometown in scripture and he wanted to perform more miracles, but the people weren't ready for it yet. They didn't believe. Their trust wasn't ready. And I know that sounds probably a little bit weird. The first time I read that scripture, I struggled with that a little bit. Why, why couldn't God just do it right away? But we see that God waits for us to be in a right place because he cares more about our souls than our circumstances. And some of you guys just need to get up to a place where you are done trying to do everything on your own and you're ready for God. I love what I think Jesus says to this man in this moment. He goes, I'm not gonna take you to the water because that's probably what the man expected. He thought that Jesus would carry him into the water and he'd be healed. I think he says, I'm not gonna take you to the water. I'm gonna bring the water to you. And he brought man, that man healing that day and his life was never the same because of it. And it could be the absolute same for some of you guys. Some of you need to get to that place tonight. God is calling out to you to let go of all the painful memories of all the wrong decisions that you've made. God is calling you to surrender that relationship where you are holding on to that grudge, where there's a part of you that's trying to bring healing and restoration, but there's still a part of you that wants to be right. There's still a part of you that doesn't want to forgive. And God's calling you to surrender all of that stuff, those same patterns of thinking. God's calling you to release those and replace it with his word. He's waiting and he wants to do these things for you. But are you desperate? Are you ready for the breakthrough? Here's the bottom line that I want you guys to remember. It's when you can't, remember God can. When you can't, remember that there is nothing too impossible for God. In fact, scripture tells us all things are possible for the one who believes. And I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through, what life is like when you go home tonight in a couple of hours. It's probably really tough for a lot of you. And you probably haven't ever told anyone about what's going on in your life. And you have just buried all this stuff deep down in your heart. I want you to know that God sees what you're going through. And he wants to release you from everything you're going through. He wants you to know that you're not alone, that he can make your burden light, that he can help you in with whatever you are facing. Yeah, you can. And you can keep trying all you want. You can numb it with everything this world has to offer. But Jesus is the only one that can truly heal all of these issues in our life. Let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I know that there are a lot of things that we all can't do. We can't change our physical health tonight, God. We can't change our spiritual health. We can't break free from addictions on our own, God. We cannot change other people, but you can. And I pray tonight, God, that you would do the impossible. I pray, God, that your love would lead us to surrender. I pray that we would see how much you truly care about each and every one of us, Lord. And I pray that 
it would overwhelm our hearts, just like we sang a little while ago. I pray that your Holy Spirit would even just move right now on some people who just feel completely broken down, who feel like this is all just a story, that the Bible is just a bunch of things that were written a really long time ago. I pray that your love would overwhelm that person and show them how amazing your love truly is. God, we love you. We need you, Jesus. We surrender. We let go of the things in our heart that we have been holding on to for too long. God, I feel like you just want to release people tonight. I'm just going to ask you guys, just for everyone just to stand. We're just going to sing in just one second. But if everyone just would stand up right now, if you just feel like there is something in your heart and your life that you just can't do, something that you just need God to bring breakthrough in, would you just lift up your hands like this? And, and I know that's scary and it feels like people are watching, but if there is just something going on tonight that has just been for too long and you're just ready, you're saying, Jesus, I surrender this to you. I don't care who's looking around. I don't care what people think. I just want to know what your healing is like. I want to know what it's like to be set free. Jesus, you see these hands right now, God. You know what people are going through. You know what they are facing. And I know that you love them, God. That you haven't forgotten about what they have been facing for so long. I pray, Jesus, as they surrender to you, that you would bring the water to them. The water that heals, the water that satisfies. Living water tonight, God. That would set people free forever. I pray that lives would never be the same tonight because of what you were working right now in this moment, Jesus. We believe, God. We believe, but help us with our unbelief. We know that you can do the impossible. We're done trying. We're done doing it our way, God. We're ready for what you have. So I pray addiction would leave right now. Old habits, patterns of thinking, sinful past would be broken and covered by the blood of Jesus tonight. Relationships restored, healed, and set free. God, you know what these kids need. I pray that you would speak to their hearts that things are different. Jesus, as we just sing this song in a moment, I pray that your love would flood this room. I just want to give you guys an opportunity tonight. If you have never placed your faith in Jesus before, if you feel like God is doing something in your heart right now and you want to put your trust in him, you want to know what it's like to receive forgiveness, to receive his love, I'm just going to lead you in a quick prayer right now. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it in your heart. You can just say these words after me. Jesus, I want to know what it's like to have someone that truly cares. I want to know what it's like to know my creator. I believe that you died on a cross and you rose again in victory. I believe that you can do the things that I can. I want to start a relationship with you tonight. Would you be my savior? I want to be in heaven with you one day. Would you remember me and be with me all the days of my life? Just with everyone 
having their eyes closed and no one looking around. If you prayed that prayer tonight for the very first time, could you just look at me real quick? If tonight was your very first time praying that, Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. Thank you that you are here tonight, that your love sets us free tonight, God. I pray that we would experience you on a new and deeper level. We love you and we pray all these things in your name. Amen.